Hello and welcome to another edition of the Standard Room Only Podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Ben Standick, and I cover the Washington Commanders for The Athletic, which means today, Sunday, I don't have to be in Ashburn for the first time in a few days. The team practiced four days in a row, taking Sunday off, back at it Monday through the week, um, and I thought I would use this opportunity to share some thoughts about what I've seen through the first four days of camp. We already talked a little bit about this earlier in the week, so you can check out some of those other podcasts. Um, I'm going to play some sound here from also Ron Rivera talking about Chase Young's status and some big news this week, of course, out in Ashburn, the announcement that Ryan Kerrigan would be hanging it up and heading into retirement. He spoke on Saturday. I'll play some of that as well here on the podcast appreciate everyone of course checking out the podcast and checking out my work on the athletic of course if you haven't already please subscribe to uh, itunes or spotify or you can obviously if you're on the athletic you can find the podcast on the athletic app if you have a moment to drop a rating and a review on itunes definitely helps i really appreciate it uh for sure uh before i get to all that though like i'm literally recording this on Sunday, just a few minutes ago, it was announced that legendary NBA player Bill Russell has passed away, I believe, at the age of... Uh, actually, you know what? Well, hold on. Yeah, at the age of 88. Uh, obviously, you know, we have all these conversations about who's the best player of all time and, and, and you know, cross sports and things like that. But we talk about the biggest winners of all time. It is literally impossible to be a bigger winner on the in the pro game than we've seen, or not just in the pro game, but across the board with Bill Russell. 11-time NBA champion, twice an NCAA champion, was captain of a U.S. Olympic gold medal, a gold medal winning team. Uh, he was the head coach for two NBA title teams as the, as the first black head coach of any North American professional sports teams. Uh, obviously, uh, just a legend and also not just on the court off the court a true humanitarian uh stood up for what he felt was what what was what was right what was wrong and um you know when you have the when you discuss goat that type of thing go 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 check out bill russell if if you're unfamiliar with his life uh go the athletic we're gonna have tons of content on this you can go check that out obviously rest in peace to the great bill russell um all right, as far as the commanders go, I thought I would just do this. Um, I'm just going to go sort of rip through position by position, and then we'll get to some of the audio here from uh, Ron Rivera and Ryan Kerrigan. Uh, l- let's just start with this, and, and I'm going to try to be somewhat brief on all these topics because each one, has, you know, I could get into some chapter and verse a little bit. Uh, we'll start with the quarterbacks. We've talked about this already here on the podcast. You know, I think Carson Wentz – he has come as advertised, meaning the pros and the cons. The pros, the size, the arm strength, you can see all that play out. You can see the size play out when he's able to peer over the line, uh, over the lineman to find a, a Terry McLaurin coming across uh, the back of the line for a quick uh, hitter uh, over the middle, maybe if there's a blitz coming. Um, he, with the arm strength, he threw an absolute dart to Jahan Dotson yesterday during sort of like a two-minute drill type situation in the end zone. There's a clip of this online. I tweeted it out from um, the commanders had the video of it. And I've seen people say, oh, it looks like it's a high throw because Dotson has to jump for it. 
Yes, but it was high because they also had to see where the defense was. It was a perfect throw to a perfect spot. That said, he's been very inaccurate throughout camp as well. Um, even on the days where he starts off strong, he's not been able to sustain it throughout the, the, the day. And, you know, look, his offensive line has been reshuffled a lot uh, because of, uh, you know, Trey Turner has been out with injury and some others. Um, the defense knows they're not running the ball. There's no pads yet. That'll start on Monday, the first padded practice. Uh, he's learning his teammates, all that kind of fun stuff. But he also had a reputation, and the numbers back this up, of being a bit inaccurate. So that part has has showed up here for sure. Uh, he's been high on throws. He's been long. He's been short. He's been wide. Uh, you know, when he's been scrambling or uh, having to make plays out of the pocket, he hasn't really done too much with that. So it's definitely, I don't know if it's fair to say it's been a slow start, but it's been an erratic start for Carson Wentz through the first week of camp. Again, we've already addressed this a bit, and I don't want to pile on. And again, there's reason to be optimistic as well because of the good things he can do, but that, I think, is a fair thing to say. Um, with regards to Taylor Heineke and Sam Howell, again, there's no quarterback competition here, so let's not even pretend there is. Uh, you know, I thought that on Friday, I think both Heineke and Howell had their best days. I wrote about this in my recap that day. Heineke, you know, it's the same. We, we see this. We see the stuff. We see the scrambling ability sort of the moxie the training camp practices are not an ideal situation for a player like him who's sort of the draw it up in the dirt kind of a guy but you know he's looked fine overall and I think Sam Howell just in terms of the basic talent and intangibles you can see where there's where there's interest in in him he's got a strong arm we know this right uh, he's he's not a tall guy either like Heineke but He's got that arm strength. He looks the part of a quarterback. On Friday, I thought he really ripped off some several nice throws over the middle to the outside. Like of any quarterback, when he's able to stay in the, uh, be able to have a clean pocket, life looks a lot better. But I would just say he looks the part. That doesn't mean he will ever become a starter in this league. As we know, fifth-round picks, that's a kind of a rare situation. But it's also rare to be a player who was considered to be perhaps the number one pick in the draft and then slips all the way to the fifth round as well. So he's off to a fine start, long way to go. And again, there's no quarterback competition here. I just wanted to say what they've been doing. Uh, Running back, Antonio Gibson sat out the first three days of camp because of the hamstring injury. He did return a little bit on Saturday. Uh, He did some work in position drills, but, We'll see if there's another progression here come Monday. They're all making it out to be not a big deal, so we won't either. Obviously, Brian Robinson, I've said before, I think he's looked pretty good. Uh, you know, there's no pads, there's no tackling yet, but he's looked pretty good, pretty slithery, pretty shifty going through the line of scrimmage. J.D. McKissick is doing J.D. McKissick things as well. Um Jared Patterson, Jonathan Williams, uh, the guys who are vying for a fourth running spot, back spot, perhaps. Uh, Jared Patterson looks like he could be part of the kick return scenario as well. That may be able to help him stay, not necessarily as the returner, but maybe one of the up men. That may be his best chance to sort of stick. But that's what's going on at running back. Ultimately, the question here is, what's the usage going to be between Gibson, Robinson, and McKissick? We'll have a ways to go before we see that. Wide receiver. I would say the story so far through camp has been the usage of Curtis Samuel, Washington's uh, coaches and training staff have really uh, 
limited him so far. He barely played, if if at all, in any team kind of drills on Saturday after a, a light Friday as well. I brought this up to Ron Rivera on Friday, and he said that, look, they are trying to get Curtis Samuel through all these practices after what happened last year. They don't want to have a repeat of that. He's They're not citing any type of an injury at this point, but he is been limited. Now, he has looked pretty good when he's been on the field. He had one of the big plays of the week, this really nice, he caught, caught, a, caught a pass, then was able to sort of take a step back and juke Benjamin St. Juice kind of running towards him to gain extra yards. You can see the playmaking ability that they coveted when they signed him in the first place. Now it's just a matter of keeping him on the field. We'll see if he, what happens here throughout camp. Are they really having to limit him to this degree all the way through? And if so, what does that say about the regular season? You know, is this like a sports car? It's in the shop more than it's not. But when it's but when it's on the road, you absolutely love the ride. So we'll see how that goes. Beyond that, um, you know, I, I, nothing particularly of note. Terry McLaurin obviously is Terry McLaurin. He's had a couple of drops, but by and large has looked pretty good. Cam Sims, I thought, has been a little up and down as well. Jahan Dodson, he had a really – I mentioned he caught a, 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 a had a leaping catch on an on a end zone throw from Carson Wentz. Beyond that, you know, we'll see about the the other receivers, your Dax Milnes, your Jaquez Ezzards, your Alex Eriksons. A lot of these guys are going to be in the mix for the punt return duties, uh, Kyrick McGowan as well. So ultimately, those those names along with Dotson are in the mix for the punt return duties. If Dotson were to get it, then that maybe saves a roster spot elsewhere. Otherwise, if you imagine they keep a six receiver and that six receiver is the punt returner, somebody from that group Erickson is the only one with any previous return um, experience in the NFL. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Tight end. So not only is Logan Thomas out as he's recovering from his knee surgery, John Bates has missed the last two days and really maybe even sort of the last three full days of practice uh, with what's an undisclosed injury at this point. Rivera has not revealed too much. That's left a very inexperienced group of tight ends out there. Samus Reyes is effectively the experienced one in the bunch, and we know obviously that's not really a thing with him considering his background. Uh, Samus Reyes did catch some passes yesterday from Carson Wentz. He had three on one possession. Cole Turner has looked really good, I think. Uh, you know, if, if Logan Thomas were to miss the opener, you could uh, J.P. Finley asked me on uh, his podcast, I was walking by when they were recording it uh, on Saturday, if I thought Cole Turner could be a fantasy football play. And not in a draft way, but like if somehow there was a reason he needed to pick up a guy off waivers the first week or two, he might actually be pretty interesting without Logan Thomas because we know Wentz likes throwing to that spot. So I think Cole Turner's look really good. We'll see what happens as we progress a little bit further here. Uh, Austin Hodges, one of the undrafted free agents in camp, also has looked sharp. He caught, he made a really nice catch on a ball to the back of the end zone on a throw from Taylor Heineke. Uh, he's been sharp at six foot eight. He he's a huge target out there. You know, if, if they didn't, if they hadn't drafted Cole Turner, I would peg Hodges as a guy who could absolutely make this roster as a potential pass catching threat with Turner, Bates, and, um, and and Logan Thomas. Once they're all available, I don't know how Hodges fits in 
unless they they just want another pass catcher. Otherwise, Reyes would seem to be be a good chance as the fourth guy because of his blocking. But that'll be a fun battle. Reyes Hodges, kind of the way I would look at the fourth uh, tight end spot right now. But that's fourth once Logan Thomas is available. Offensive line. So Chase Ruye, big news this week, is activated off the pup list, but he still looks like a little bit a little bit of ways away from actually participating. Um, in practice, he said he's just getting used to his body again. He's got new hardware in his ankle. He had a significant ankle ligament damage. He had the broken fibula. So he will eventually get back out there, but it sounds like you know he's recognizing he's not going to be the, the Chase Rouillet he knew before, at least in terms of just how he feels. Now he has to adjust his body to get back out there and do the job as needed. Trey Turner has missed the last three days with a quad injury. Doesn't sound like it's serious, but it's a thing nonetheless. Um, you factor those things in, along with Cornelius Lucas, has been on the non-football illness list, and they've been shorthanded on the offensive line to date. So they addressed that a little bit on Saturday. They signed two tackles. One of them, Rashad Hill, has been in the league six seasons. Um, that's an interesting signing. You know, beyond Charles Leno, Sam Cosme, and Cornelius Lucas, they don't really have any tackle depth there. I mean, Sadiq Charles, I guess, counts a little bit. They've had to use him at guard uh, with some of these other issues. So uh, signing a vet like Hill, we still don't know what's up with Lucas. I, I'm not going to speculate what's going on there. But, um, you know, a guy that's been in the league, they chose to get rather than just uh, a, a, another body, this other guy, and I'm going to butcher this name, Alex Akingbulu. He's an undrafted free agent. hope I didn't say that name too too poorly. Uh, they brought him in as well, but they did need some more uh, bodies there. I think the interesting thing here will be, at what point does Chase Ruye become able to play with the first team? And at that point, is Wes Schweitzer given a real shot to battle Trey Turner at guard? For now, we'll see. Schweitzer did play some guard at the end of the week, but that's largely because of all these uh, all the shuffling that was taking place. But he's been the center without Rie and Tyler Larson, who's out with an Achilles injuries for now. The defensive, actually, we'll, start, we'll we'll go to come back to the defensive line last. Let's go to the secondary first here. Um, you know, I think the starter, I mean, Kendall Fuller has probably been the MVP of camp so far, I would say, uh, through four days, if such a thing exists. He looked great uh, on the second day of practice in particular, as that was the day that the defense really dominated. Uh, William Jackson has certainly feels like he's got his swagger back. He told us that yesterday, Bobby McCain, Cam Curl have all been good. We kind of feel like that secondary is that Ron Rivera has said that he is that even though they're returning 10 of their 11 starters on defense last year, a group that, you know, ranked 27th in DVOA, according to football outsiders, that he views continuity as very important rather than just having to you know, bring in new people. You have to retrain them and so on. He mentioned this to the junkies on one Oh six, seven, the fan this week. Uh, secondary is probably the place where that's going to be the most apparent if accurate, because you did have new guys in William Jackson, who we know struggled for a good chunk of last year and Bobby McCain, that continuity is there is, is going to be key behind those guys is still where I think there's some questions, particularly at cornerback you're looking at some combination. So Benjamin St. Juice is probably the 11th defender is the nickel. So he's kind of going to be a starter to this point. And then you have Danny Johnson, seventh round pick Christian Holmes, Corin Elder, who's made some good plays in camp, I think, to, to be fair. Um, 
those are the guys you're sort of looking at. Ron Rivera told us before camp started he wanted to give everybody sort of a, a week or so here to get through to then determine if they need to add anybody else. I, I don't know that at corner he's going to feel he has to, but at the same point, it's still a lot of uncertainty behind those top two to three players. At safety, you got the young guys, Derek Forrest, Percy Butler. They've done some good things. I think I need to see more, especially from Butler, before I'm ready to sign off in any real uh, capacity there. Uh, linebacker, you know the drill. Cole Holcomb, Jamin Davis, and then a lot of questions after that. Kalik Hudson and David Mayo have both played a fair amount. But it, not, I mean, not necessarily with the ones. Hudson's been out there maybe a tick as sort of a nickel, uh, the Buffalo nickel-y kind of a guy. Um, this is, to me, the position where I really wonder if they will add somebody because even if you factor in those two players as reserves, I don't know what else they have behind them that you feel particularly comfortable with. We will see about that. Jamie Davis, I, I, I think he's looked okay so far. Uh, need to see a little bit more. I'm realizing I don't think we've, we've even asked Ron Rivera about him really at this point, so maybe that's a topic, especially once the pads get on uh, this week. And then the defensive line, obviously the news with Chase Young that um, he's going to be out at least the first game. We'll come back to that in a second. James Smith-Williams has been filling in, in for Young uh, with the starters. That's to be expected. Montez Sweat has looked really good in camp. Deron Payne as well. Uh, so I think those guys have, have, have shined. And I think as we go forward here, it's a good chance to take a longer look at a Fedarian Mathis, a Shaka Tony, and some of the younger players to see how they will, um, how they can contribute and develop and so on. Uh, but speaking of Chase Young, Ron Rivera talked about, he went on the junkies, as I mentioned this week, and he basically said that Chase Young would miss some time during the season. We got clarification on that, um, and he had to backtrack a little bit off his initial answer. Here's Ron Rivera uh, talking to reporters this week about Chase Young, uh, John Kime from ESPN, and Michael Phillips from the Richmond Times-Dispatch, uh, and asking him a bunch of questions. Here is Ron Rivera. Switching topics a little bit, you had said the other day that Chase was going to be out a little while. Yep. And it's, I think most of us said probably into the season yep. for a little while. Is that more what you're expecting? And what is the, what do you think the timetable there, with him as far as the season goes? Well, I don't think there's a fair timetable, you know, other than he'll, he'll probably start off on pup into the regular season, active pup. Um, just, it's, it's, unfor- it's unfortunate. Um, but it, it was a serious, you know, injury, obviously, with, with surgery. And um, he's doing everything he's supposed to. He's, uh, he's on time as far as uh, where the doctors think he should be. And, um, you know, as he, as he gets better and better, we can update you. But right now, this is, he, he's right where he needs to be. And I know they changed the rules. So he starts the season on PUP. Is that four games now? Is that correct? No, it, I, think it's, I think it's a few more. Um, I believe it's six. But, okay. uh, but we'll see how it all goes. Did you say you were expecting to start on PUP? I, I, I think, going, yes, going into the season, yes. Okay. He, will not, he will not play the first game. I'm going to put it that way. I'm not going to say he's going to start on putt. Okay. He, won't, he will not be ready for the first game. So he could start the season on IR? On re- he could be, yes. IR yes. Gotcha. It just depends on where he is. I mean, I, I can't tell you. The doctors are the only one that could tell you. Yeah. One of the things you had mentioned was, you know, obviously you guys had to check in on him when he got here because he had been away. Was there any, you know, how was no, that evaluation? That, that evaluation was very good. The young man's done a hell of a job to get himself where he is today. Doctors are very pleased with where he is today. Uh, everything is, is going about as good as we can expect it, um, and we'll see. Hey, Ron, uh, it didn't look like Curtis. 
All right. I, I, none of this is really a surprise, right? I mean, we've talked about this a bunch on here. It felt like Chase Young was going to be missing some time. We still don't know exactly how much time, even if we take to sort of the extreme of what Rivera said, that Chase Young starts on the pup list, which would mean at least four games. That's at least four. We don't know beyond that. So we'll see when when he's able to re- return. They obviously are not going to want to rush him back. He's very important. And, uh, you know, in general, I later asked Rivera about Curtis Samuel's situation. And within that exchange that I had with him, he said, look, we're taking the cautious approach with, that, with everybody. That's just kind of where they're at. So needless to say, Chase Young, they're going to take their time with him. And we will see when he gets back. And even when he does come back, you know, how is he able, what's the, how is his explosiveness? You know, what, how is he feeling? I spoke with an orthopedic surgeon. I think I've mentioned this here on the podcast. I spoke with an orthopedic surgeon a couple weeks ago uh, who, who uh, works with the LA Galaxy, the uh, Major League Soccer's LA Galaxy and others. And he's like, look, even if Chase Young comes back, he was not Chase Young's doctor here, just to be clear it could take a full year for the uh, beyond this time for the explosiveness to come back. So even if he's able to get on the field, we don't know for sure that he'll be at the level that he was uh, at before athletically, at least initially. And I think the, the fact that this is going to take a bit more time is why there's got to be at least some hesitancy about what we're going to get out of Chase Young this year, what we're going to see out of Chase Young this year, I should say. Ironically, at the same time that we learned more about this on Chase Young, came word that Ryan Kerrigan was going to retire officially. Obviously, Ryan Kerrigan, one of the all-time uh, best players for this franchise, certainly, I should say, at least within the last, you know, this century. Uh, I don't know exactly how high we'd want to say he goes, but for this franchise, he was very important. You know, all-time leader in sacks. There's always that funny math on the sacks. Anything that was sort of before the early 80s, it's... Uh, you know, the, the the statisticians didn't always seem to track everything accurately. But at least in the modern, more modern era, Ryan Kerrigan had the most sacks. He was about as durable as they come, right? Uh, what it was 139 consecutive games that, that he played? Uh, game in, game out. He was a great leader in the locker room, a guy, a, a, a presence for these younger players to look at, a, a day-to-day presence for anyone in that locker room to recognize this is what I need to do to keep playing. Uh, Ryan Kerrigan signed a one-day contract. Uh, to, to retire as a, as a commander. He then spoke on Saturday morning. Here's some of Ryan Kerrigan as to the decision that he had to make and then a little bit more about what his thoughts are uh, as he moving into the next phase of his life. Uh, even though I know it's the right decision, ultimately, it's still not easy to, to know that I'm not going to play football anymore. Like I kind of had that realization the other night, you know, before, you know, I think that would be Thursday night, I guess. I was like, man, like I was talking to my wife, like, damn, I'm not going to play football anymore. That's kind of crazy. been doing it for so long, but I know, uh, I just know where I'm at, you know, health-wise and whatnot, that this is, uh, you know, it's the best thing for me moving forward. When did you actually reach the decision that you were going to retire? So I actually came to that decision in the off-season of, 21, so like spring of 21, going into so going into last season when I was a free agent, um, got a got a not so good medical report, you know, from a couple different doctors um, about my knee, and um, but at that time, and actually was kind of encouraged to not not play the 21 season, but I was I wasn't um, emotionally ready to not play football anymore at that point, so I kind of I was like, you know, I'm 
still going to play. I still think I can. And so that was the plan all along. Um, but then um, play, have a good playoff game to finish out last season. That kind of made me feel like, oh, you know, maybe I can still do this and whatnot. And then as I got into training again this past uh, this summer, like kind of late in June, knee really started bothering me again. And I just was like, you know what, like you got to you got to you got a long, long life to live, Lord willing, and uh, got to got to not play anymore. So. I kind of so I kind of came to it late June, yeah. Um, Ryan, I imagine a lot of uh, thoughts come back to to your time here. What are some of the b- best memories for you that that you've thought about over the last uh, few days? Um, a lot of you know fun game memories, like you know when we beat Dallas in twelve to win the division here um, in eighteen, when we beat Dallas at home and I got the forced fumble and Preston Smith picked it up for a touchdown. Um, getting a pick six, uh, my first game, that was awesome, but. When I come, it's when I come back here to Redskins Park that I really am like, like that's why I've like loved this place because it's all the relationships you build over the years you, with teammates, you know, coaches, the, the people in the kitchen, the strength staff, you guys. I mean, I've developed a lot of great relationships with you guys, and you know, I've got to you know know you, know you guys a little bit outside of um, of your jobs here, and um, so it's it's those that that have made it uh, that really have made this uh, such a special thing and and a big reason why it's hard. All right, um, so that's that. But congrats to Ryan Kerrigan on that. Congrats on a great career. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens with coaching. He was out there. He, he said he wants to coach next. He was out there watching practice. I have no idea that he would or wouldn't come to join Washington, but we will see what happens uh, with him uh, going forward. Um, all right, that is it for now on this episode of the podcast. I appreciate everyone for listening, sort of the speed round What's going on? We'll have plenty more this week, though, out from Ashburn. Uh, and, uh, of course, also you can check out my work on The Athletic. But that is it for now. Ben Standick signing off. Until next time. See you.